Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. I want to continue what we started last week and I shan't be too long, just for about 30 minutes or so. The whole idea of impartation. Everyone say impartation. Last week I reminded you that the Greek word for impartation is meta didomai. The Greek prefix meta means with. Didomai means to give as a gift. So if I say I impart something to you, it literally means the word meta with means association and didomai means to give. So somebody can give somebody else something by virtue of an association that exists between the two persons. Okay? In fact, the strength, the measure of what is given is determined by the strength of the association. Now, you can sit in any meeting and receive impartation from the Lord. Not so. God's Word will always bless you. But where the quality of your relationship is strengthened with the one who is giving off. And you, the recipient, on this, on this hand, is receiving. If, there's, if the association is strong, sufficiently strong enough, it will vastly increase the potential download, if you would, of what is given to you. In computer language, when you download items from the internet... And let's say it's a huge file, all right? If your systems are inferior, it'll either be impossible or it's going to take a very, very long time. But the faster your, your, network, your network speed and your computer capacity, all those factors, it increases the capacity of what is downloaded, not just the capacity, it also improves the speed. Everyone says speed. The download speed is, is increased. I remember the days, uh, some of you might remember those days when we should download stuff. You can press click, download. <laughs> you can go do the garden. A whole story. Make yourself a cup of tea, have lunch, and come back. You see, 1%. The Lord Jesus, help us. This is going to take a few days, right? I remember those days distinctly where something will take two or three days to download. Remember? But now with the introduction of ADSL and uh, what's that, fiber optics? Um, I'm not too au with some of these terms. But now it's almost possible to download huge files in a matter of seconds. Now who wants to increase the, not just how much you receive, but the rate at which you receive, yes? I said, Lord, increase my capacity to receive, increase my ability. So last week I said to you, Grace is impartable. I can impart grace to you. I can give grace as a gift. Mercy is impartable. Right? Grace, mercy, peace is impartable. I will demonstrate that after Sean is gone, the week after Sean, how that peace is impartable. Right? Blessings are impartable. 
right? God has blessings for you, but He communicates this, those blessings to you via another person who acts representatively on God's behalf. Okay? So Paul would say to the Ephesians in Ephesians 3, 2, Undoubtedly you have heard of the grace of God given to me for you. Grace meant for the Ephesians would be communicated in and through the person of the apostle. So that we call the corporeal principle, which I explained in some detail last week. Isaac blesses Jacob, lays his hands upon him, and he blesses him. I hope to read the text in a moment. right? So who is blessing? It's really God blessing Jacob, but he's using Isaac as the interface. God uses a human to bless another human. That, that agency, that human agency is critical. So meta-didomai, meta-association, didomai, to give as a gift. If I impart anything spiritual to someone, what I'm suggesting, there must exist the strength of an association between the one doing the imparting and the recipient of the impartation. Right? So a lot of the times in the New Testament, this would often happen in what we call a spiritual father and a spiritual son relationship where that is in place it's like a pastor and his flock a shepherd and his sheep jesus said my sheep know my voice not so and and another the voice of another they will not follow right so where's this where you have a spiritual father and a spiritual son the potential download its quantum and its rate at which it can be received is vastly increased for example, I, I want to read the text. The Bible says in the book of Numbers that, Mo, that Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Why? Why was Joshua filled with the spirit of wisdom? The text says because Moses laid his hands on him. So, listen carefully. I want to illustrate this. Whenever you have impartation you have imputation the theological concept of impute is akin to impart let me explain quickly this might be okay i'll explain in simple terms you can make this theologically heavy but uh most of us are lay people here so I'll break it down in simple terms the word impute is the greek word egg lego egg from in means to come in Everyone say to come in. And Lego is from Logos, which means a word. So by the power of a word pronounced, something comes into me that changes my standing or my state before God and men. I was in a particular state before the imputation. After the imputation, my state and condition changes vastly or dramatically. Publicly from Romans 5, Sin can be imputed. So by one man's sin, which is Adam, when Adam sinned, it brought the entire human race into a particular condition called sin. So it says by one man's sin, sin was imputed to the whole of humanity. But simultaneously, Romans 5 also argues that by the obedience and the death of Jesus on the cross, by his obedience... What came upon all humanity? Righteousness. 
It says righteousness then can come upon all humanity. Adam's initial sin imputed sin to all of humanity, but Jesus' death on the cross and his obedience imputed what to humanity? Everyone say righteousness. So the Bible calls it the gift of righteousness. Paul says we don't have a righteousness which is of ourselves, not our own. It's a gift of righteousness that has been given to us. So watch, whenever something is imputed, it changes my identity, my standing, my condition, and opens up a realm of new possibilities to me that I did not have before the imputation. Every impartation has an imputation. So you won't have an amputation. You won't have things lost to you. Right? So you can't move. Right? Now, uh, for example, it's, it's most powerfully illustrated in Philemon chapter 1. Philemon, Philemon, however you want to say. Chapter 1, verse 18. Just put it up on the board quickly, Luke. I think it's verse 18. Yeah. This is, Paul is writing this book of Philemon. Philemon. Philemon is a master. He's a businessman. He has a slave called Onesimus that ran away from him, absent without leave. Right? And he proved an unprofitable employee or servant. When he ran away from Philemon, he left his workplace, his responsibilities. It seemed like he did Philemon in. He meets Paul the Apostle, transformed by Paul's ministry, changed, gives his heart to the Lord, actually becomes Paul's spiritual son. This whole book is written. The book of Philemon is written to Philemon as a master to accept Onesimus back. And Paul argues like this. He left you an unprofitable servant. Receive him back. How? He's changed state. He's changed condition. He's changed standing. Receive him back. How? As a profitable servant. He left you, Paul says, as your servant. But he says, receive him back as a brother. He's not now your, he's not now your employee. He's your brother in Christ. And you know what Paul says? Uh, I like this. You know, Paul's heart is really a... You know, people say Paul was a hard man, but inside all of that hardness, he loved like Christ loved. Check what he says. He says, if he, that's Onesimus, if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Right? The word charge there is the word eglego. The word means impute. What Paul was saying to Philemon, hey, if this brew owes you some bucks, let me put it in our terms, right? If he, if he owes you any money, receive him back. I will stand surety for his debt. You take him back. I will owe you the debt. So did Paul, Paul standing himself changes in reference to Philemon, Paul was not indebted to him. Paul suddenly now owes a debt because the debt of Onesimus was imputed to Paul. Paul says, my whole standing has changed. I've taken on the burden of somebody else. I've taken it upon myself. I freed him. I know. So this is the whole idea of imputation. You take upon yourself or things are given to you that was not true of you before that time. Right? Now let me just say this. 
Was Onesimus's debt cancelled here? Yes? Come on, talk to me. Yes? Do you know debt can be cancelled in a day? <laughs> I've been thinking about this strongly. I wish I had time to illustrate it from the scriptures. Right? Debt can be cancelled. Onesimus's debt was cancelled in a day. Without Paul, would this be possible? Talk to me. Without Paul's intervention, would this be possible? Who was Paul to Onesimus? He was his spiritual father. So through what? Through engagement with a resource, a grace carrier, the economic circumstances of Onesimus changed overnight. Right? This anointing is coming to this house. I'm going to say it now, and I'm going to say it every week, and I'll prove to you from the scriptures, it's not just a scriptural reality. It's going to be a prophetic reality for this time for the people in this house. Right? I'm starting to initially declare this to you. Like as Onesimus' debt was cancelled in a moment, so too, I, believe, I want to build your faith. You're going to see the supernatural. It's not just about healing. I believe your debt is going to be cancelled simply because you have a Paul in your life. Now watch, Onesimus had to obey Paul. Guess how the letter got back to Philemon? Paul gave Onesimus. You take this back to your master and let him read stuff that I wrote about you in the letter. I've changed your standing before him. Without my intervention, nothing's going to happen. Let me just say this, brethren. I love, I declare, but I love my grace carrier. I respect him. I hold him in the highest honor. If he calls a meeting, I'm there. I open my heart, receive the word, because I know stuff is going to come to me. Whenever he speaks the word, there's going to be impartations with imputations that change my standing and my condition for forever. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you need a Paul in your life. Now, if some of you wives or husbands or boyfriends are Paul, not that Paul, right? <laughs> I'm talking about the principle, right? The principle. But do you understand? Yes, yes. Right? Yes. The, the, the whole issue of impartation. Now, just quickly, an imputation. I, I don't have time to read. Time is against us. Romans 4, if you have the time, read the whole passage. It says that righteousness was reckoned. Remember Paul used the word charge. Charge that too? When you charge someone, you reckon something to their account. And the Bible says concerning Abraham, because he believed God, righteousness was reckoned to him. Right? Imputed righteousness simply because he believed God. For imputations and impartations to work, brethren, you must believe God. You know, I'm there, I must believe God. What I want to encourage you quickly, um, in the book, I won't read this because of time, but in 1 Samuel 19, if you're taking notes from verse 19 to 24, is a story of King Saul uh, under the instruction of the prophet Samuel. He's asked to go to a particular mountain or hill, and there you would find prophets descending down the hill. When Paul came in amongst them, watch, when Paul came in amongst them, the Bible says Saul began to prophesy. 
Sai, let me ask you a question. Is Saul a prophet or a king? He's a king. Should he be prophesying? No. Not by virtue of his designation. Kings rule. Prophets prophesy. Here's a king prophesying. Why did he have the capacity to prophesy? Why? The Bible says clearly because he was within the company of prophets. Within an environment where there is a predominant grace anointing, you can start to function in that anointing even though you're not called naturally to function there. The prevailing anointing can come upon you and that's a level of impartation that you receive by virtue of the strength of the environment. Listen to me. Catch this. A mantle of changing seasons has blown my mind. The teaching, 17 sessions. I can't tell you. If you want to know, why do I say it's an apostolic season? We are apostolic people. What does that mean practically? Listen to the series. Right? Why did David kill Goliath? What was David's strength? David's strength wasn't even his track record of killing a bear and a lion. While that was true, and he did say to Goliath, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he took that, sl that sling, and he had five stones. He, could, he only used one. He released the stone. The stone got Goliath in the, in the mind, in the forehead. It's symbolic of a mentality. It is thinking. Destroy Goliath by destroying his mentality. His thinking, right? Why was David so anointed? You know why? It wasn't so much that he was David. It wasn't so much that even Jesse was his. What does Jesse mean? Jesse was his father and the word Jesse means I possess. The other meaning of Jesse is I stand out. What lineage does David come from? His father is, represents one that is possessing, one that stands out. But you know, even David and Jesse belong to an even greater, overarching, predominant grace. From which tribe were they? Come on, talk to me. Which tribe was David from? From Judah. When David comes to Goliath, he doesn't come in the strength of the grace configuration unique to David. He, he attains what is true of a tribe vested in a man. The word Judah is the Hebrew word Yehuda. Everyone say Yehuda. Yad, the word, the last part Yad means hand. Right? Yehuda relates to he who has strength in his hand or skill with the hand. You see, when David picked up that sling, what was he engaging? The anointing of his tribe. The strength of his tribe. When Judah was born, when, when, when uh, who was his mother? Leah. When Leah, Judah was the fourth son of Leah. When Judah was born, she, the, the prophecy that Moses, uh, Jacob, sorry, would give over Judah is, Judah, he said, remember when Jacob prophesied over all the boys? He says, your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Huh? Your hand will be on the you will control movement. Jacob, when he was in ten, 
to go down to Egypt when Joseph reconciled with his brothers. Remember? And Judah and the brothers went to get Benjamin. Remember? And ultimately Jacob would go down. You know what Judah, the fa- what Jacob the father said to his son Judah? You direct my face toward Egypt. Judah, of all the brothers, is that technology that uses the hand to direct even the face of his father to destiny. Everyone do this. Where's David's strength? Come on, talk to me. Where's David's strength? In his hand. Why is David skillful in the hand? It's not, it's not because he trained much. Yes, he did kill bears, lions, but he's harnessing an environmental anointing from the broad family tribe that he was a part of. What is Jesus' true surname? Jesus Christ, Judah. From which tribe does Jesus Christ come from? The tribe is the lion of the tribe of? What is your surname in the spirit of all the tribes? From which line? If Jesus came from Judah and Jesus lives in your heart and you are a son of God, what is true of him is true of you. What skill do you have? Everyone say a Judah. So I want to charge each of you this morning. Your hands are skillful, James. You have skill. Tell your neighbor you have skill. In other words, you, you, you will accomplish things. Now you might say, uh, you sure when you might say, Pastor, what, what are you talking? What's all of this thing? When I look at myself, can't. Me? No way. I'm saying it's not about you, bro. If you understand the prevailing anointing, Saul was able to prophesy simply because of a prevailing anointing that he chose to come in under. I want to, and please, hear the details of this teaching by listening to those two CDs. Pastor Thomas goes into great detail to explain this. Right? Now, watch. Hey, my faith is built up, brethren. I can't tell you how. I'm trusting God. If a building for five, ten million comes up now, I say, no problem, let's negotiate. Let's buy it. And it's not about Randolph's faith. It's not about things unique to me as a but I'm saying if I can come into the prevailing corporate anointing of which I'm a part of, Daniel was from the tribe of Judah. Three Hebrew boys were from the tribe of Judah person giving me this water is from the tribe of all the great leaders men of judah caleb leader of the tribe of leader of judah he said he followed the said, i can take these giants he knew the prophecy of jacob he knew the prophecy of moses over judah my hands will be on the neck of these giants of anak right so it's about a prevailing condition, a prevailing anointing. Amen? Say with me, I understand this. Come on, sir, I understand. Say it again, I understand this. If I understand this, I must harness it. I'm going to give it focus. It's not about Andy anymore. As strong as Andy is as a man, Andy's now going to tap into the prevailing, overarching, Grace anointing. John laments when there was no one in heaven found to break the seals and to open the scrolls. He says, lo, one has prevailed. Everyone say prevailed. 
just, Lord, there's one that a voice in heaven. One has prevailed to take the scrolls, to break its seals, and to open the books. Who's he? John says he's from the, he's the lion of the tribe. Judah is a prevailing anointing. It unlocks seals. It breaks things open. I, I, this is about impartation, the series in grace that we're doing right now. And I pray the Judah anointing will rest upon all of you. Right? You don't shrink back. When the other tribes say, uh, these giants are too big for us. It is not Joshua that said, who said, let's go. Let's go. What's the Zulu word for now? Come on, talk to me. Manje. Let's go manje. You know, Zulu's got a nice um. Let's go manje. The other tribe says, no, we can't take these guys. Caleb, the leader of the tribe, says, manje. Let's go now. He said, go up, go in, and? You see, both he and Joshua believed that they could. But Caleb is the one. The Bible says, Caleb quieted the people. Caleb said, we are well able. Caleb is the one who says, these giants are like a boy's lunch to us. You see them as a threat. I see them as food. That's going to nourish us. Yeah. You know, if you're sitting there today, brethren, all of us, including our visitors, and if you are facing, I, I, I prophesy to you, if you are facing challenges right now in your life that seem insurmountable, that seem impossible, I declare to you, it's a boy's lunch to you right now in the spirit. You don't shrink back in fear. Manje. Everyone say manje. There's an anointing on that word, right? Manje. Right, there's more anointing in Zulu than in English. <laughs> manje. Now, yeah? You know, I said to the Lord, March, if March ends, a quarter of 2017 would have come and gone, God. I was praying. I said, 25% of this year is done and dusted. And I prophesied, God, that this year is a year of favor. Set time to favor the church has come. And I prayed seriously in our prayer time this morning. Every morning this week, I said, do something significant. Give us some sign." Yes, many of us personally have had signs, but do something significant for the, the corporate house. Give us a sign. You are in an environment of great faith. And I pray that you would harness it. You know, I, you know, I have much to say and share about dwelling near. I'll prove to you that you see the strength of the impartation to you will be by the strength of your association. Loosely joined, if you're loosely joined, you get loose impartations. Impartations that might be wasted. But if you're strongly connected, things will shift significantly in your life. Amen? Stand with me. I just feel the Lord leading me to do this. In 2 Kings 4, there's a story of a widow. She just become widowed. Her husband had died. But the husband was a son of Elisha, the prophet. He was called a son of the prophet. It's a certain son of the prophet died. And his wife survives him with two boys, two kids. But the man was in debt. Listen, the man was in debt. And the Bible says creditors came to her house so that she can be responsible for the debt that her husband should have settled while he was alive. 
they would have, they, they said, we've come, and if you can't pay, we've come for the boys. We're going we're gonna to take your kids away from you. Taking the boys away would be taking the prophetic voice away. Because this was a son of Elisha, and the Bible calls him a son of the prophet, and his two sons after him would naturally have been raised in that same order as sons of the prophets under the grace teaching of Elisha, the prophet. This lady obviously distraught because her boys would have been imprisoned for the rest of their lives. Except for this fact, she had a grace carrier. Except for this fact, there was something that could flow to her, be imparted to her, based upon a relationship that she had with the man of God called Elisha. And so she conferred with him, what must I do? And he said, go borrow jars, not a few. As many as you can handle. The Bible says she went to her neighbors, many, many, every neighbor. Give me empty jars, give me empty jars, give me empty jars. Right? And the Bible says oil flowed in that house. Right? The jars began to be filled with oil supernaturally. I won't give you the story in detail. I'm just summarizing. And the Bible says, and the oil stopped when there was insufficient jars. In other words, if she could have collected more jars, oil flow would have continued. Then Elisha says, go now and sell the oil and pay the debt. Debt cancellation in one day, otherwise it would have been a lifetime of imprisonment of the next generation. You know what the Lord said to me? I'm not going to impart debt to my kids. The debt I had to contend with growing up, I'm not going to let my kids grow up with that same headache. What are the things? You see, there are certain giants that you must kill in your life and don't pass those giants on to your children to deal with. David had to kill Goliath. If he did not kill Goliath, he would have left another generation to deal with that giant. If they got giants to deal with, it must be new giants. You kill your Goliath in your time. And I'm saying this strongly to us. I just feel this impress. God wants to break debt. God wants to break indebtedness. But it comes to those who are thoroughly aligned compliantly to the principles that spiritual fathering communicates to them, that the Word of God teaches. But think of this lady, eh? Her, her whole economic circumstance changed in a day. Not so? In a day. And uh, her posterity was preserved in the next generation. It was secured. Right? Debt cancellation in a day. Everyone say this with me. Debt cancellation in a day. Now, it doesn't mean you must be lazy. This woman had to go and look for, for, for jars and the oil. So I believe the Holy Ghost, God, will give you supernatural wisdom. Supernatural methodologies, a plan by which you can rid yourself of the debt in a day. It's going to happen. Let me just say that I prophesy over you. It's going to happen so quickly. It's going to amaze you. So quickly it's going to amaze you. That the man at the gate, beautiful, what did Peter say to him? I told you last week. He asked for what? He was begging there. He was lame. He asked for alms. Peter and John, Peter said, look, the Bible says this, Peter fixing his Gaze on him. Peter says to the man, look on 
us, right? Look on us, Peter and John. Look on us. Peter is really saying, I'm looking to you, but I need you. You see, the grace look. I'm going to say this definitively to the house. And my look is toward you on the Lord's part. But I want to encourage you to look more intensely. And you know what the word, the next verse says? The Bible says, the next verse, when Peter says, now you look to us. And the Bible says, and the man gave them his attention. Right? And Peter, the Bible says, squeezed him. I like the Greek. It says, squeezed him by the hand. In ASB says, he seized him by the hand. Arise in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Arise and walk. The Bible says, Peter seized him where? By the right hand. What's the right hand? Strength. What's the right hand? Executive power. Executive privilege. First hand, firstborn sonship. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The man offered his right hand. And you must read it. This is Acts 3. The Bible says clearly, when Peter seized him by the right hand, strength came to his ankles. If you offer the hand, the leg is strengthened. Offer your best to God. Offer your best. And mobility, this man couldn't walk from his mother's womb. The Bible says the man went walking and leaping and praising God. Strength came to him. And you know what? Where did he find himself? Immediately, where did the man go? And the Bible says, and he went into the temple of the Lord. Did not run away from the temple, like many when they get their breakthrough. He ran to the context. Everyone say environment. In which the purposes and the blessings of God are bound for his life. An environment in which he could fulfill purpose, push purpose of the Lord. Do you know what? His economic circumstances changed forever. What was he before this? He was a beggar. He was a beggar, a beggar asking for alms. One encounter with Peter, don't think of this only as physical healing. Man's economic circumstances changed forever through one engagement, through an authentic apostle of God, who said, if you look, your life's going to change forever. Tell your neighbor, look more. What did Elijah say to Elijah? If you see me, you get double what I, what I have. Amen? So I'm going to pray a prayer of impartation. I want to ask you, do you receive this word? Yeah? Everybody lift up your hands to the Lord your God. It's not about me, it's about the Lord your God. I'm just the conduit. It's not even about me, it's God. I'm just being faithful to communicate God's word to you, brethren. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. Like Abraham believed and you credited him, you reckoned, you charged to his account, you EFT'd righteousness into his account. I ask for an EFT in the spirit for every one year now. I ask for supernatural download, Father. God, we lift up our hands and many of us are facing pressing circumstances for which we have no natural answers for the long term. Today we stand based upon what we've received in your word and we want to believe like Abraham. Father, I declare we believe your word. We believe your word with our whole heart. 
And God, you are able to give resource to us, wisdom, grace, and otherwise, skill, the anointing of Judah that's in the hand, the craft to do, the skill to operate that will bring giants down in our lives. No matter what we are operating and, and facing right now, obstacles and mountains in our way, I ask that we will access the prevailing environmental anointing in this house, which is a Judah apostolic grace, that, 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 whose hands are on the necks of enemies. Father, I impart that grace to every single one of us now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray there will be not one weak among us. Your word says even the weakest will be like David. The weakest will be as strong as David. I pray strength to every single person in the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord prosper you. May, may the Lord help you. May the Lord shine His face upon you. May the Lord give you peace. May the Lord go before you to give you victory over every one of your enemies. May the spirit of wisdom and of crafty inventions, may that the skill of the heavens, the wisdom of Jesus Christ Himself, be your portion and more in the name of the Lord. Now come on, lift up your hands more. Now Father, we pray. You, for we pray for Pastor Thamo and for Gate Ministry Santon. We lift up him and Marolan, their boys, the congregation, to the Lord. God, you see their desire for land, for buildings. Father, we just stand with them in the spirit now. And as part of the broad family, we decree, let it be done according to your word. According to all the prophecies received. We decree, we declare, it is done in the name of the Lord. We decree the same for this household too. That you give, us of our, you give us a building, give us a facility in which we can teach the nations of the earth. I pray in Jesus' name. And God, as we look forward to next week's conference, we anticipate great, great exchanges, impartation stuff that's going to be downloaded, EFT to this house, to our hearts and our minds in a significant fashion. We thank you in advance. I pray strength for Sean. I pray you'd strengthen his body, strengthen his mind. Strengthen his spirit for Sonia, uh, for, for his children, for their household there. Protect them at every level as he comes to be with us. Yeah, God, in the name of Jesus, present him to you that you would you preserve him and speak through him. In Jesus' name, amen.